Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast. I've got time. I'm Cherry Galore. And I'm Shakayla. Here we discuss personal growth, relationships, and how to embody the Be Better lifestyle. Hey, baby. What's up, girl? Uh, nothing much, you know. The kids got a half day today, so I'm a little irritated about that. I need all my hours. Yeah. Well, the week is almost coming to a close. If that's any... What's the word I'm looking for? If that's any... Something that starts with a C, I think. Constellation? Yes. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm chilling. Back in the gym, so I feel like I'm making all the right life choices. Mm-hmm. Just in time for the new year. <laughs> I said that in air quotes, and be in case y'all didn't catch it with my change of tone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can get into the affirmation of the week. I'm just dropping shit. <laughs> okay. So this week's affirmation is. Kids are people, too. We've said it before, but I feel like we should just go ahead and affirm it. Yeah. Because even if you are not a parent, even if you don't have kids in your life, it's nice to have an understanding and just general patience and respect for children. Mm-hmm. Because nigga, they're people. Yeah. Yeah. Before you um, came into Max and Eva life, you, did you see kids as people? Um... Yes and no. (laughs) Not to that extent or what? Like, the no is just, like, it's more me than them. I just, like, how do I interact with you? Mm -hmm. I can't interact with you like an adult, so. But you literally can. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes and no. What do you mean? I mean, because... Obviously, like, conversations can't go the same as they would with an adult. Like, I can't just be like, yeah, bitch, you know what I'm saying? I can't just be talking to a kid like that. I mean, well, you just have to change your language. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like the same when you were talking to your parents. You wouldn't be telling them, like, yeah, bitch. That was shit. Hey, yo, bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> my DMX impression. Um, well... Today, if you haven't already guessed it, we are talking about parenting again. Parents. I feel like we had a really good discussion last time, but we really didn't get to like get into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I just want to like touch on a lot more subjects, like just get a little bit deep. And then we actually have a surprise for you guys this episode. So, that's super exciting. Keep listening. Um, I guess we can jump right in since we already had part of the conversation. If you guys want to hear what we did when we discussed gentle parenting, that episode is called Mom Guilt. So, go back and give it a listen and then come back to this one so you can be, like, ready to go. Right now. I knew you was about to say that. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... I guess the first thing we can talk about just jumping in is like screen time. That's such a big thing in our house because um, our kids was raised by gamers. So they too are gamers. 
more max than ever, but they yeah. love a good screen time. Screen time. If there's no screen time, tables will turn, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Heads will roll. <laughs> there's a lot. We have like a lot of rules set in place just to create structure in our household. And then especially because Max has ADHD, he needs to know things in advance for his comfort. Mm-hmm. Like if we're going to plan an outing, I want to tell him days before. Ain't no spring stuff up on Max because that gives him anxiety. So, you know, we just got to have these rules set in place. So there's a standard for, you know, everyday screen time. And for us personally, what we do at our house, they can play two hours during a week. They can have 15 minutes of YouTube time. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekend, we just changed the rule that they can only play four hours a day, which they used to be able to play all day on the weekend. But um, kids be addicted to games and shit. And I just, we got to start curbing some of these behaviors, especially because at right now we're the ones who have to deal with the fallout when, you know, what is it called? When you have addiction and then you start not getting what you're addicted to withdrawals yeah they start having withdrawals and then that's when it really start to get you know crazy yeah. that's when the sneaking start and it's just like i really care about having a trust trustful is that a word yeah okay a trustful relationship with max and ever so yeah yeah do you feel like we are too strict with screen time i don't um if it were up to me I would probably have more rules. Like what? Like, just like as a result of certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that means, like, you you can't handle this. Like, yeah. because it shouldn't be pulling so much emotion out of you. Like, the game's literally not going anywhere. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's where the addiction come in and people don't realize that. Like, Max got his first game when he was, like, two. So, by this point, he's, like, good and addicted to games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel you. I mean, as they change, the rules will change, too. And as they continue or maybe even start certain behaviors, then the rules going to change because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the last time when we discussed, well, we really were discussing gentle parenting, but I know gentle parenting is like they have to call it something, Mm -hmm. but to me, it's just like good parenting. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily more gentle with my kids than other people. I just think that I'm just treating them like a regular person. You know what I'm saying? You're pretty gentle. Than other parents with their kids, you think? Yeah. For real, in what way? I think that you're you're more forgiving mm-hmm. than the average parent. Well, I mean, or even like yeah. I have more compassion. Do you mean like that? I wouldn't call it compassion. Like I think it starts with compassion, mm-hmm. and then it's just I don't want this to sound bad. Say it. It's just like. I don't know. Like, niggas just be forgiven and then it's back to the usual program. Yeah. I mean, you have to move quick, move on quickly because 
to me personally, I feel like discipline is not effective when you over discipline. And I only know that from experience of my childhood, like I shared before on the podcast, my mom was extremely strict once I got to a certain age and all that did was make me sneak. And once the kids start sneaking, what you punish them for is not effective. Like they don't even care about saying on the punishment. And then as far as like, sometimes my kids can be mean to me or something like sometimes I could be mean to you. Do I want you to hold that over my head for the next million years? Like, no, no. But the difference is the effort to change the behavior. Mm -hmm. I think that's where, that's where my conflicts come up with the parenting thing, because it's like, if you're literally not even trying to change, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? Yeah, but I think that's why it's really important to remember when it comes to kids that they are kids and they deserve way more grace than adults. Now, we could say something like at this big age, you too old to be doing this or to be doing that. But as far as a 10 year old and a seven year old, in my opinion, I leave plenty of space for mistakes. I hope that they, because I want them to give me that same energy back because mom's not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make mistakes. I've made a ton of mistakes already. So why wouldn't I meet them with that same energy of wanting to be forgiven? You know what I'm saying? Or them having multiple tries and multiple chances over time because change does take time. It ain't going to change overnight. And I'm faithful that what we're doing is working i feel like now it's important for us to start bringing in a therapist and stuff and like somebody that's a third party outside of me because my kids getting a little bit older and they know me better now so they know exactly what to do to like be emotionally manipulative which like everybody is it ain't just kids it's like people learn oh my god this person doesn't like this or it's hurtful when i do this to them so i'm gonna do it you know what i'm saying to get my way of, mm-hmm. It's not a childhood behavior. So why wouldn't I meet my child with forgiveness or give them a lot of chances? I actually have that listed in something that I want to talk about, um, which is one, being able to apologize. I kind of touched that on that on the last episode. And um, who be calling me this many times? Sorry, y'all. Leaving space for them to make mistakes because they're going to make mistakes. And as they grow, even if you have adult children, you know, it starts to feel like, oh, my God, I can't control them anymore. I'm trying to tell them the things and I don't want them to make the same mistakes as me. And it's like, but they're probably going to and they're going to make mistakes that you didn't make. And that's all part of learning and growing, just like we had to learn and grow. I feel like. It makes it so easy for me to parent from this type of perspective because I wish somebody would have had that grace for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the expectation expectations be too high. I feel like for kids. I feel you. I mean, I get that perspective. I don't mean like just expecting them to change overnight. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, if something, if you know that it's a choice then that's an issue Mm -hmm. like that's different from you just trying to learn something and it's just challenging for you to change 
but don't you think those two things are kind of the same? Mm-mm. When you choose your behavior and you keep choosing the thing that's not getting you what you want, that's what we tell Max, is this behavior going to get you what you want? It's because it's difficult for you to make that change to be this other version of yourself that's going to be able to act in accordance of what it is that you want. You see what I'm saying? It's literally the same thing that we be saying to our audience. Like, if you want to make a change, if you want to be a different version of yourself, then you have to make different choices. But it's not going to be easy to make those choices. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey. They in journeys too. I mean, it seems like I just have a lot. It's, it's, to me, it sounds like I got a lot more grace from Max and Eva, and that's probably because I'm their mom. I mean, they came out of my cooch, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about, though, like speaking life into your kids. I feel like that makes a huge difference in your relationship with your child and also your child's relationship with themselves. Um, how do you feel like we do that in our household? I think it's pretty lit. It's a lot of um, compliments and praises and not just like you're pretty or you're handsome. It's like you're smart Mm -hmm. and just kind of, I think, engaging with them about what they think is a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally. I feel like um, speaking life into your child is not just about what you're saying verbally. It's all about, to your actions towards them because the energy is felt, you know what I'm saying? Whether you're mm-hmm. saying something that negatively impacts them, you could be doing something that's a daily behavior. Like it could be as simple as a morning wake up routine. And that could be something that is, you know, draining energy from your child's daily, you know, habits. Yeah. So like, I feel like I just try to show up and support them how they need to. It might not always be in like a positive affirmation. Sometimes it's just a hug. Sometimes it's playing games together. Sometimes it's showing genuine interest in the stuff that they like, even though I don't be wanting to do certain stuff, you know, like playing Barbies, whatever. I don't always feel like it. And a lot of times I'll be telling her not right Mm -hmm. now or I'm busy or something like that, but I at least try and make time at least once a week to sit down and play Barbies with her for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I set boundaries with it. I said, I mean, I feel like I used to be the mom that didn't have no boundaries and I'm still working towards getting the boundaries with my kids that I have in my other relationships. But, um, I'm getting better at it. So like this week when me and Eva played Barbies, we set a timer for 30 minutes. And after that 30 minutes, she understood that it was going to be time for me to stop playing with her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fair enough. Yeah. How do you feel like you've been creating boundaries for yourself since we've been here? I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like most of my boundary setting is with myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to like, like how to say no, but not in a way where it's like, no, get away from me, but just like, no, not right now. I don't know if that makes sense. Sorry. I totally got zoned out. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I think 
it's a hard thing to do because then on one side it is the mom guilt of like, am I giving him enough attention? Yeah. Am I spending enough time with them? Am I, you know, doing the things that I feel like make a good parent? But then my favorite saying is you just can't pour from an empty cup because it's it'll never stop being true. If you don't do something, at least one thing a day that adds fulfillment to your life, then you're going to be drained as fuck. And you're going to be drained not only for your kids, but from work, from your other relationships, anything else that you got going on. On top of your own mental health, you got to prioritize taking care of yourself and adding fulfillment to your own life. You know what I'm saying? It's like very important. And, um... Yeah, I, I try and create boundaries in different ways. I feel like sometimes some things is just this, is just what mommy say it goes, and I don't mind giving an explanation behind it. You know what I'm saying? They gonna mm-hmm. ask me why. I'm gonna give an explanation behind it. And sometimes I feel like I don't even have a good explanation because I don't know what to say to explain to my kids without seeming like I'm being like biased or. I guess pushing like societal norms onto them or something, you know? Yeah. Like Eva goes to gymnastics, so she wear like this leotard and I make her wear shorts because my girl thing is thinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's basically a bathing suit, but it's not just only women coaches in there and still women can be yeah. sexual abusers. They're not, you know, immune to yeah. harming little girls. And I just would feel more comfortable with my baby had some little shorts on. And yeah. honestly, all the other little girls wear shorts too, but the apple do not fall far. Eva is like, <laughs> why do I have to wear it? And like Christine was over here and I was looking at her and she was looking at me and I was like, I really don't know what to say that's not going to be rooted in sexism. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell her besides girl just put on them shorts. Yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. It's like I it's said what I said. Unfortunate that that's even that we even have to think about that. It is, but as women, we do though, and especially as like women that's raising girls that's gonna turn into women, we don't want them to have the same complexes or even insecurities that is based in societal norms. Like I don't want my daughter to ever be like, oh, she have to cover up her body or she have to feel ashamed of it because I felt like that for some time before I started to love at least parts of my body you know what i'm saying enough to be like i'm fine i'm about to show this off i'm about to wear a mini skirt or something like that but when i was you know younger i would be like i'm gonna wear some sweats because people kept pointing out my body shape like it was something wrong with it when i was younger i wanted to show my body off <laughs> i wanted the attention you was a hood right hoochie mama i was trying to be child I can't say that without thinking about Friday. <laughs> um, going back to like the behaviors and, you know, discipline and stuff like that. I feel like it's really important to try and build them up with, you know, good habits that's going to support them as adults. But it's important when they're like learning these behaviors and you trying to curve the old behaviors or the bad behaviors that you taught your child because they most likely got it from you. Unless you're one of those parents that your grandma had me raising them. I'm pretty sure it's you. Yeah. Um, then this is something I had learned from Destiny and it's just like real giving real life consequences because although I will take Max game for a period of time because I know that it's what's going to hopefully teach him a lesson, 
in the real life, if he don't do something or if he's not listening to directions at work, nobody's like, Max, I'm taking your PlayStation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what we what we're doing is we're teaching them these behaviors that eventually they're going to punish their se- themselves mm-hmm. when they make mistakes. And that's what I don't want. I want Max and Eva to feel free to make mistakes and just accept them as part of life experience and not feel like it's the end of the world because they messed up. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel about that? I'm into the more realistic consequences. It's just where to start and where does it end? Mm -hmm. Because in real life, you get fired. Okay. So what does that mean as a response as a parent? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't fire you as a child. <laughs> Get down and trip on them. You're fired. <laughs> so, like, what is that? Why what is nigga, the equivalent of that? I'm sorry, but why the nigga always sound like he chewing french fries when he talk? French fries? <laughs> He's got some... Uh, <clears throat> it's something wrong with that man. It's a few things wrong with that man. All that money and they couldn't get him a speech therapist. <laughs> I'm not an ableist, I swear. Or hair implants. He tried the plants. We know he tried it. Um, Yeah, I feel like it definitely is difficult finding the balance. And what I do is just try to be present in each moment and not compare how I might have punished them in the past or even last week to right now while they're in trouble. Like, I try and stick to, okay, this is what this kid did today. Right now, what is going to be the effective discipline for this specific occasion? And I think that's where the forgiving comes in because otherwise you'd be holding on to, oh, shit or whatever. Like, I used to do that with Max because he also has DMDD, so he can get, like, aggressively angry. And for the longest time, it was starting to affect my relationship with him, and I was genuinely starting not to like him as a person. Yeah. Because it's just like being in any other relationship. If I was with somebody and I felt like they was low-key abusing me, eventually I'm not going to like that ass. It's going to start to feel like, mm, I don't feel good for eating here no more. And I had to learn how to be more forgiving of his behaviors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not to take it so personally. Because is it really about me or is it just a reflection of his emotions? And that don't mean it's okay for him to treat me a certain way, but that's why we have a lot of conversations. Like, I directly tell Max, you know, I'm your mom and I'm always going to love you, but what I want you to understand is with your behaviors, it pushes people away. So when you might really want to hug and then you act in a way that's aggressive, that behavior is showing me that you want me to stay away from you. And so the thing that you want, you're never going to get that from these behaviors. And as you grow, it's going to impact your relationships. And he's already started to see that with his friendships because mm-hmm. he was talking kind of raunchy on his game. And a couple of his friends didn't play with him for like a month. So there's that's the real life consequences is yeah. a lot of those experiences are going to be formed outside of the home. So I feel like it's my job as a parent to maybe try and give him a heads up on this. And if they don't make the choices to follow through with that, life is going to teach him the lesson that they didn't want to get for me. And at that point, that's when me as a parent, I wash my hands of any guilt because I know that I did my best and I tried my best, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's the balance is continually trying and also not having guilt for the the things that you couldn't 
change within your child because they're going to be who they're going to be. It's just us to help guide them in that. And everybody don't want to take your guidance. You know what I'm saying? In 15 more years, my kid's going to be like, oh, my God. I went to my friend's house, and her mom was screaming at her and cussing at her. And, you know, like, they're going to be, like, shocked. Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to Max and Eva getting older because I feel like they'll have a way more appreciation for us, you know. Even as co-parents, they're going to have more appreciation because, I mean, to them, it seems like they... Don't know a lot of kids that's divorced. It's either they parents were single in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you could be living a different life, my nigga. Like, a very different <laughs> life. I'm trying to tell you. This is like the best. We could be switching out at McDonald's somewhere. <laughs> with Yelling a at corner, each other for a corner corner lady or something. So, yeah. yeah. Thank God for growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you feel like is the most valuable thing that we do, like, as parents, like, for Max and Eva? Like, out of all of our, I guess, lifestyle choices. I put you on the slide. Define <laughs> lifestyle choices. Um, I feel like that includes, like, the experience and moments that we create with them, our eating habits even. Um, I mean, that's our lifestyle. I think... Educating them on everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say we do it because they always ask why, but I feel like if they didn't ask why, then some stuff we probably wouldn't say or share. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the most important. Yeah. That and I guess the intimate moments. They have more with you than me, I feel like, obviously. Mm. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, just, like, when y'all just be lounging around each other, having a random conversation, or just snapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important. Facts. I agree with that. What about you? I think that... um, I would say just sharing experience together, co-creating in life. I feel like we allow them to participate in them, some of the decisions that we make for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because one, it gets them prepared to make their own decisions and to feel comfortable trusting themselves. Um, but also it makes them feel included or not like we're totally controlling their life, even though they're going to feel that way either way. But it helps yeah. a little bit take the edge off like, what do you want to eat for dinner today? Like, my mama ain't never asked me what I wanted to eat for dinner. <laughs> Your mama used to ask you what you wanted? Like, and cooked it? Yeah, she would ask. Dang. Like, but it was like pre-grocery shop. Like, mm-hmm. what you feel like eating? Or, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely did not have that experience at all. So, I feel like that's the thing for me personally. The next thing that I want to talk about is just, I guess, generational wealth. And I feel like generational wealth could be a bunch of things. A lot of people think that generational wealth is like specifically financials, but I think that um, health is wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, like when you break down the word, it's like wealth. 
Like it's about wellness. So as a parent, that is my job is to make sure that my kid is well. <laughs> you are such a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> I would never. I don't have the patience to be a kindergarten teacher. I don't have the patience to deal with anybody's kids but my own. Um, people were surprised when I decided to start having kids. They was like, you? Hmm, interesting, because you're so mean. <laughs> um, and I can be mean, and I can be abrasive, but that's the Virgo on me. I've, over the years, I learned how to turn it down. You know what I'm saying? Or I guess change it depending on who it is that I'm in relationship with because yeah. everybody can't handle that raw you know mm-hmm. it's like I'm trying to make nobody cry now yeah I would cry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so to me generational wealth is about teaching healthy habits um creating a space for good mental health and also teaching how do you have good mental health you know what I'm saying yeah and you don't have to say, oh, this is good mental health. It's just on the things that you're teaching them. And they might not know that it's contributing to their mental health. You know what I'm saying? Like them participating in their activities, going to Taekwondo, going to chess, like that's contributing to their mental health. Yeah. Doing movie nights with them once a week, that's contributing to their mental health. You know what I'm saying? Um, all that. Like, you know, teaching them to seek fulfillment outside of me. They got to be their own people. Um, I feel like something I really want to touch on is just like really being a lifelong support for your kids. I don't know about y'all's experience. I think that it's pretty typical in the black community that once you turn 18, it's like, that's it. It's like, we're washing my hands of you. It's like parenting. What? It's time for me to live my life. And it's like, girl, you should have been living your life the whole time. You don't need to have your kids be grown for you to start living and start caring about yourself. And that'd be the problem. They'd be thinking, like, at 18, now these kids are supposed to just get out of their life or, like, be independent. And the first thing is, did you teach them independence? Did you teach them financial literacy? No. And then you just kick them out your house at 18. And judge them when it takes them 10 years to figure out who they are and what they want to do with their life. Yeah. And how to even manage taking care of themselves. That yes. shit is crazy. Yeah. I think the one thing that really irritates me the most about um, my dad is that he's not somebody that I can go to for financial assistance. Like, if I really need to help, I will ask one of my friends for money before I asked him. And that's not the relationship I personally think that you should have with your parents. Like, mm-hmm. I want Max and Eva to be dependent, but God willing that we have the finances when they get to certain ages that we can help them as much as they need. If that means they going to college and still living at home mm-hmm. or helping them with their first car. Those are things I feel like is on the parent because, nigga, we didn't ask to be here for all this shit. Yeah. On top of you not giving me the tools for any of this, you're not going to help me neither. That's wild. Like. Because how do they, I just don't understand what, how they process it. Like, Mm -hmm. what makes you think that this new person knows how to do this stuff? Yeah. And can do it so easily. Like, it's not 1963. Like, they have to make a million dollars just to buy groceries. It's so crazy, like... 
I don't understand how people's thought process is because, like, did you like it when it happened to you? But they still keep repeating the same behaviors even though they know they didn't like it when it happened to them. They tell the same lies. Oh, I'm all right. No, you're not okay. You're not okay. If you was okay, you would have realized that this shit's not good for your kids either. But you haven't even released any of the single bit of trauma to realize maybe this isn't for the best health of my child. Like maybe this is not going to contribute to their personal growth. But a lot of parents don't think about personal growth. Um, I really want to segue into the conversation just talking about what it takes to become a parent. And the first thing that we think about is financials. Like it is expensive as fuck to have a baby and it becomes increasingly expensive to have a child. I looked up some statistics and it says that um, from the day your baby is born until they turn 18, your family will spend about $310,000, which equals out to about 17K a year um, on a child, each child. And that's crazy when you think about it because the medium income household is like 35 for the United States and for that big majority to go into kids. And this is where the conversation goes back to, are you prepared to be a parent? And this is only the first section of it, which is the financials, Mm -hmm. because having financial issues growing up really does fuck up your mindset. Like we talked about in the last episode about manifestation that we did Mm -hmm. how that um lack of mindset is created in childhood seeing your parents have to struggle going without meals it's like it creates a scarcity mindset in your child and it debilitates them to attain future success because they don't believe that it's possible yeah um finances are important it's a big part of it i feel like the next part which is even bigger is emotional intelligence are you emotionally intelligent enough to be a parent? Do you understand and know how to process your own feelings? Because if you can't, even in some capacity, how are you going to be able to do that for your child? How are you going to teach them to do that for themselves? You can't. And then we have all these people having babies. And then now we're in a generation of people who have this like, I don't care attitude. It's cool not to be Um, caring about people. It's cool to say fuck other people. And it gets to a point where a lot of people are just like, I don't need relationships. When in reality, your relationships are what help you grow. Every relationship that you're in is a mirror to your own behaviors. If you allow it. Yeah. And I want my kids to be able to self-reflect. We ain't there yet. (laughs) Not even a little. Not even close. (laughs) Yeah. So that's crazy as fuck. Like seventeen k a year. I'm surprised Ooh. it's that low, honestly, because seventeen thousand is not a lot of money. I hear what you're saying that it's not a lot of money, but when you think about over time, three hundred and ten thousand dollars that you spent raising kids in just eighteen years, when you could have paid off a house, you could have paid off two houses in certain cities. So wow. You know what I'm saying? The impact of that. Think about being single or even being in a relationship and not having no kids, which you could have did with that $310,000. Yeah. You could have went to school. You could have bought a house. You could have bought a car. And not to say the value is different between childs. Your values is your values. What's important? Do you want to have kids? And why do you want to have kids? And then start to think about 
am I really capable of having a child? Am I capable financially? Am I capable emotionally? You know what I'm saying? All the things that go into it. And then the third thing is, what is your support system like? Because, you know, a lot of women, they have kids and they say, well, I'm just going to be a single mother. But what does that do to you and your child as being a single mother and you don't have the support either from the father or other people in your life that's willing to step in because it take a village? Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that village, it's going to make it even more harder for you and for your child. So that's my personal feelings on that. <laughs> so we're going to move into Mental Health Matters. And today for this segment, we have two very special guests. Hi, guys. Hi. It's Max and Eva. We wanted to bring you on this week's episode because we're talking about parenting so I want to ask you some questions and pick your brain and see how you feel about our parenting and just being a kid in general. Okay? Okay. Okay? About <laughs> to put us on blast. So, um, he can't blast me. I'm going to blast him. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you got, what do you guys think makes a good mom? Love. Love? What else? I like that they feed us, they make food for us, they... It's all about the food. <laughs> no. What else? They let us help cook things. Mm-hmm. They tuck us in for bed. I think that's all. That's all? Okay. Well, we talked a little bit about things that we think make good parents, like having the finances to take care of your kids being emotionally intelligent enough to talk to them about their feelings and let them express their feelings. Do you guys feel like you're allowed to express your feelings at home? Yeah. You don't ever? Why? I don't know. Okay, so do you know what it means to express your feelings? So sometimes I just ask you how you feeling or how was your day and then you tell me how your day was or... Sometimes when we get into a disagreement and then I say, tell me how you feel, what's wrong? That's me asking you, what is your feelings? Oh, so that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Do you feel safe to share your feelings with me and Cherry? Not all the yeah, time? I'm safe with that. You feel safe? Yeah. Why don't you feel safe, Eva? I don't know. You don't know? Okay, we could talk about it more later. I don't want to put you on the spot spot. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions, okay? Y'all got to take turns. Don't speak on top of each other or else they won't be able to hear you. Sure. Okay. What do you guys like being about our kids? I like that you care for us and love us. Yeah. I like how you care for us, feed, eat us. (laughs) (laughs) What else? We're not laughing at you, baby. It's just funny that y'all keep bringing up food. (laughs) It's like, y'all really my kid. So I like how you care for us, how you feed us, you pay attention when we're talking, you take care of us. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you to take care of you? Take care for you. You feel shy? That's okay. You don't have to answer no, that question. I'm shy. You're not shy. You just don't know. I guess. Okay. 
Do you think that we prioritize mental health at home? Yes. How do you prioritize your mental health, Max? What are some things that you do to take care of yourself and make sure that you feel fulfilled and happy? You don't know? What about you, Eva? What's some things that you do that make you happy? Um, I like playing video games, watching TV, hanging out with my friends, hanging out with my mom and daddy, mm -hmm. hanging out with my parents, hanging out with my brother Max and my little ba brother Bastion. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I love hanging out with y'all too. What about you, Max? What's some things that you do to bring fulfillment to your life so that you can have good mental health? We meditate. I like to meditate, listen to music, it can nap sometimes. Naps are great. I like to play video games, hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. That's all. So what do you enjoy most about being in our family? Like, not just with me and Sherry, but with Dad and Christine, too. Me? Max, do you want me? Okay. I like that they pay attention to us. They love us. I mean, like, all together. What do you guys like about us being a whole family together, a blended family? A blended family. I like being a blended family, even though we all don't have the same skin color. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But can people have different shades? Yeah, because black comes in a lot of shades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though Christine's not black, she's still part of our family. Some can be light black, some can be dark, mm -hmm. and some can be really light, or, so, or some can be really dark. That's yeah. true. It's all shades, and it's all beautiful. Okay, do you guys want to say share anything about what y'all feel about parenting or other parents that you notice? Thank you for joining us on this segment. I'm glad that you guys came. Can we join again? What you want to talk about if you come back? Um, like what should we eat in our body so we could be healthy? That's a really good topic and we haven't covered that at all yet. So I think that's a good episode to talk about as a family because we've been working on changing our diets ever since you got you know your dairy allergy yeah i think what you think cherry i think that's good we can have a episode about like just healthy, healthy food eating. healthy foods we eat we have to eat or not healthy foods mm -hmm. both together <laughs> sure <clears throat> is that fine with you max just said <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys See, uh, we are maids and chefs, <laughs> <laughs> but we care a lot. <laughs> that, that weird movie on Netflix. Oh, that was a good movie. It was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Um, in Mental Health Matters, we also wanted to talk a little bit about things that go into parenting that impact your mental health, like healing your inner child um, and also healing the relationship that you have with your own parents. Sometimes 
it's not possible to do that together with your parents. And it's like a solo journey. That's my personal story. But I feel like if you do have parents that's willing to learn and grow, then it's like a beautiful thing for y'all to like heal that relationship together. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. I feel like I'm on and off that journey. What do you mean by that? I have my moments where I'm like, I guess putting in more effort Mm -hmm. and then I feel like most of the time it's like not putting all the effort into it. Yeah. I feel like you kind of just being true to yourself because you said before on the podcast how you like really could go even like months without talking to your family. Yeah. That so that means it's not something that brings you much fulfillment in the first place. And it's really hard to go back into spaces to find healing where you already wasn't getting fulfillment out of the relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that people are bad or that you dislike them. It just means that at certain times you have to prioritize your peace and the things that do or at that moment in your life is adding more happiness. And then when you have more energy to give, then you can work on those relationships. Then you can work on healing yourself. Healing is not linear. So a lot of times we find ourselves jumping back in steps or whatever. I can't say that I'll never talk to my dad ever, ever again. Right now, that's how I feel though, you know? And so all I could do is honor those feelings in these moments. Thanks. I am a huge advocate for healing your inner child. So if you want to learn more about that or figure out how to do it, please go check out my YouTube channel, Manifesting with Karmic Side It will be linked below. And I go over a bunch of topics as far as inner child healing. I talk about the different chakras. I talk about anything that is included when you're healing your inner child. And the best thing you can do to heal your inner child, the best advice is to seek fulfillment, to do the things that you love, to gravitate towards new experiences, and even going back and doing the things that you loved doing when you was a kid. So for us, that looks like playing video games or, you know, um, even doing things that you wanted to do as a kid, but you never got to do. Like, I low-key turned into a shopaholic when I, like... Uh, got in the Navy because it was like my first little checks and I yeah. I want to make it very clear because I know people think that when you in the military you making a lot of money but that is not true um, my checks was not banging and banging I was getting like $600 every two weeks and I would splurge and spend all my money on clothes because when I was younger I did that wasn't something that I could do you know yeah. what I'm saying my parents was never like let's go clothes shopping it was like here's some hand-me-downs so to me, that was a big part of my healing my inner child. I just took it a little bit too far. <laughs> It'd be like that. Yeah. But now that I'm healing with it, my journey for just that specific thing is like I honor myself when I really want to get something, I get it. Um, it's one thing that I tell a lot of my friends, and it usually sticks with them, so I'm going to share with y'all. If you, too, have a problem with being excessive with spending or shopping, is if you don't absolutely love it, then don't buy it. If you can't find yourself not living out without whatever the thing is, then get it. You know what I mean? And then that will cut down a lot of your stuff. Me and my best friend Stevie used to go shopping together, and she would have, like, a cart full of shit. And I was like, oh, my God, you're going to buy all that stuff because I still had a lack mindset. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she'll be like, girl, yeah, like, we're going shopping today. This is lit. Like, let's go. I'll pay for your stuff, too. Like, that's just how my friend is. 
And then I told her, like, you shouldn't get stuff unless you absolutely love it. And she said she still think about that when she goes shopping every time. She only get the stuff that she needs. She put everything in the cart. And when she get up to the thing, she's that girl to be like, yeah, I changed my mind. I don't want none of this. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Those were the worst customers. I mean, I put the shit back on the rack or I just don't pick it up on anyways, but... Like, don't bring all this up here. I ain't got room to put all this stuff up here. <laughs> that, and then they have to put it back. Like, I remember when I worked at Michael's Arts and Crafts, we used to have, like, what they call go-backs. And mm-hmm. at the end of the night, we would spend, like, an additional hour after store closed just putting shit back that people bought to the register. And it's even worse during this season, like, holiday season, when people shopping for no reason because they get to the register and realize they shouldn't be spending that much money anyways. And then by the end of the night, literally at the front of the store, it'll be, like, 10 carts lined up. Full carts of stuff. That's crazy. And we would have to put all that shit back. And it's just like, girl, fuck you. Not to mention, (laughs) it takes away from other people's opportunity to get those things because they've been sitting in that cart all day instead of being on the shelf. And that could have been the last item or whatever. Girl. That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. That's neither here nor there. And I also really think that for your mental health, which I didn't mention before as one of the necessities to be a good parent. And I would like to add that now is healthy communication. Mm-hmm. Um, because just, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have to explain that. Go back to our episode where we talk about healthy communication. Yeah. Your kids are people too. And that means that they require healthy communication. They require, I feel like healthy communication and emotional awareness go together. Like, yeah. knowing how you feel, and then the second part is knowing how to express that. So, Eva really blew me right now talking about she didn't feel safe to communicate. That's funny because all she did was talk all day, so I'm really confused by that. <laughs> and expressing herself, like, you literally express yourself wildly. Like, is it, is that like the expression cover-up like that's not really what you want to express so you're just doing something but I don't understand though because we don't really project anything on her and as much as I love certain stuff or I had the idea that oh I just want my baby to have all this stuff that I didn't have I'm not like just buying her shit she didn't ask for or I don't make her wear certain outfits I let them pick their own clothes so like what are you even talking about like this girl's got pink hair for Pete's sake what mm-hmm. other mom you know is letting her daughter get that pink hair besides a non-color <laughs> non-POCs I'm just saying but we'll talk to her about that later because I really want to get some more back out information on that The last thing I want to touch on for mental health matters, which I feel like the most important thing is like as we are reparenting ourselves and unlearning from the behaviors and thought patterns that we learn from our parents and we like, yeah, this ain't going to work for me as an adult. um, A lot of times when we are protecting those people that harmed us, everybody wasn't in harmful situations, but they might have been in hurtful situations and that still creates trauma either way. Yeah. and we develop something called Stockholm Syndrome, if you ever heard of that. You mm-hmm. ever heard of that? And it's like literally the protection from abusers. And so what Stockholm Syndrome looks like in real life is like literally when people say, well, my parents did it and I'm okay. That's literally Stockholm Syndrome because what you're doing is you're literally gaslighting your own yourself and the abuse that 
you encourage just to say, I still love this person and everything's fine. And you might have some difficulties trying to navigate an adult relationship with your parents as you process the emotions behind the things that they did or did not do for you as parents. And there might be some difficulties in that, but they are full grown adults. They have been adults since you was born. I mean, most parents, some of them be having like, you know, teenage pregnancies, but not everybody. So they, if they didn't have the tools, they had plenty of time to get them. And if they still ain't trying to get them now, there's no reason for you to be like continually encouraging a behavior or at the very least enabling it by continuing a relationship with somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, and we also get desensitized. It's like we didn't been in an experience for so long that we start to tell ourselves that this is like the only experience that we can have with that person or that you have so much abuse in your life and you become numb to it. Like, so get out here and heal. Share this episode. <laughs> for real. Speaking of sharing, go ahead and follow us. On Instagram at I've Got Time Podcast, Twitter I've Got Time Pod, TikTok I've Got Time Podcast. Yeah, and if you don't mind, leave us a review. We only have like two reviews on Apple. Yeah, and we know y'all be listening, so hook a girl up, hook some sisters up. Yeah, and if you're listening on Spotify, we'll be having questions and polls um, with our episodes, so. Respond to them. <laughs> Please. We ain't doing this shit for nothing. <laughs> um, well, those topics were maybe a little heavy, but not completely, hopefully. I but feel like we kept it kind of light. Yeah, we can move into some more excitable topics. What do you want to talk about first, baby? You want to go to the breaks, reel it in. We have a huge plethora of things to talk about for Forest Bias this week. Um, let's do forest bias stuff. I feel like, yeah. Okay. You want to get in on that or what? Ooh, let me stick to the script. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Shout out to Amanda Seals. She has a segment on her podcast called The Script. The Script! And what do they talk about on that segment? Um, that's where she... I think that's where she, like, provides a resource, like a book or something that you can go to that goes along with the topic that she was talking about. Oh, that's really dope. I yeah. love that. It's, like, kind of what we do in a way. Yeah. Um, shout out to Amanda Seals for sure. I just watched the episode of um, Don't Call Me White Girl with her and Mona. That was the first time I ever, like, tuned into that podcast. And when I seen Amanda Seals, I was like, let me check this out. Because she's mm-hmm. always dropping gems. Yeah. And, um... She stated that she just booked a radio show. I can't tell you what it was because I wasn't, like, listening that hard to remember. The Amanda Seals show. Yeah, that's what it's called, but I don't remember what station it's on. But I think you can listen to it, like, on iHeart or, you know, like, one of those platforms that stream different radio stations. Yeah, it's also on podcast platforms. Oh, okay. So it's the podcast that's being hosted on a radio show, which is so goes to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So, shout out to her. She's always doing amazing things in the community. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of cool women, um, Kiki Palmer announced that she was pregnant. Um, 
Honey, did you have any feelings seeing her pregnant? Was you shocked? Was you surprised? No, I knew she was pregnant months ago. Yeah, I think everybody (laughs) knew she was pregnant. When she announced it, that's basically what she said, too, on SNL. Like, you know, when there's rumors going around you, it sucks, but it's even worse when the rumors are true. And she was like, baby, I'm Kiki Palmer, and bust out her belly, and I was just, like, so excited. If y'all don't know, because I probably haven't even brought her up on the podcast, but I am a Kiki stan. And for several reasons, it's because she is super multi-talented. She's a humble baddie. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a Virgo. And in my personal opinion, you just can't not love a Virgo for me. Because they be doing the damn thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And a high vibrational Virgo, they do the damn thing. And at the same time, they uplift the people around them. And you could tell that she just has that energy. And I think she's going to make an amazing mom. So I'm really excited for her. Um, she has spoke in the past about her issues with PCOS. She mm-hmm. talked about how that like impacted her with her skin and things with her body and stuff like that. So I also just want to double down and congratulate her because we know that there could be issues of infertility with PCOS and also just how that impacts the black community because we don't get the medical treatment. Um, I say it's not an equal mm-hmm. of good treatment as other people. So equal belief and that anything's even happening it's crazy yeah i also wanted to um bring up this is like not bvou because we haven't been to this location but um we previously discussed this on another show that i used to do called four brown chicks Mm-hmm. and it's this cool bookstore it's called semicolon and it's located in chicago it's black owned it is they have all types of books in there, and you can also purchase from them online and in store. So, um, yeah, I was like, I seen them post uh, pop up on my Instagram feed the other day, and I was like, we should totally mention them in Forest Bias because we have to, um, as the Black community, continue to sh- to shop and patron Black businesses if we want to see us to continue to grow. And out of all black businesses, why would you not want to support a, a black bookstore? Reading yeah. is fundamental. I definitely want to check that place out, like, the next time we're in Chicago and we got the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And books make perfect Christmas presents. I could name a book for every person in my life that I want to give them, so. Yeah. I don't know how I missed that line. <clears throat> all right. Let's talk about this AI app, the Linsa app. As I say it, Linza, Linza app and this AI technology. You've probably seen it going around, people posting these, um, what do you call it? The carousel? digital, oh, they carousel. With all the different photos that they have from this app. Mm -hmm. I just have a question for y'all. Do you ever think about how they're using all the information that you put in and using your image for something else. Mm -hmm. Like that was literally the first thing I thought about the first time I saw somebody like use it. Like that's interesting, especially with all of the AI developments that are going on right Mm -hmm. now. Like a little convenient for this to be happening. Yeah. The new thing and everybody's using it. So now they have your location, what you look like, whatever information you had to put in for the app. 
And then what you look like in several different like decades or type of persons. Yeah. So that means that depending on how you change your hair or your makeup, they still going to know that's you. And um, I feel like our community specifically really needs to tune in to educating and um, I don't know, like creating a lifestyle of privacy Mm -hmm. and protection that's like something that i'm really serious about when it comes to my kids i don't i'll post pictures of them but it's like a certain thing or i'll post and delete and stuff it's like too much weirdo energy out here in the first place on a human level and then Mm -hmm. when you take it to ai which is technically a technology that has the capabilities of being smarter than humans Mm -hmm. i'm not fucking with that like when the metaverse came out i was like oh hell no yeah hell no Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. we don't have the specific details of like the privacy section from the linza app but i did see a video on tiktok from this creator his tag is at sean svv it's spelled s-e-a-n s-v-v and he does this for all different types of things. Like he finds out the information of, so you can know how to protect yourself securely in, in different situations or even as we use these different programs and applications and stuff. And he just basically said that once you check that box to go into the app, it says that they um, have the right to share your information mm-hmm. with third party companies. Share, sell and brokerage, all of it. Exactly. And you guys know what that means. Like they're getting paid just off of you taking those pictures. They're about to sell this information to another company and outside of them using it for digital recognition and tracking us on a human level. Now they're using it to program you. It's literally programmed. (laughs) And um, if you don't care about that sort of thing, then I guess this don't apply to you but if you care then that's just something to be more consciously aware of because we we're going to use the app everybody is into technology nowadays everybody's on instagram everybody on twitter everybody on tiktok and all of those apps they say the same thing too when you sign off that little thing and Mm -hmm. join the app or whatever so i feel like the best thing that you can do is be conscious of the type of content you post and the fact that now you have this digital footprint you know yeah And for some of these apps, you can turn off, like, the location Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Or limit access. Like, I know for sure on Instagram, and I've seen other apps, as soon as you give access to the camera, they say, do you want access to all photos or just this one photo? Mm -hmm. And that's another way to do that so that they can't have access to your entire camera roll because Mm -hmm. they do have access to your entire camera roll, whether you upload just that one picture or not. So that means you got news on your phone, somebody looking at them. Yeah. And that's the honest to God truth. And so the only way that we can protect ourselves is to become more knowledgeable and then you making conscious choice for yourself as an individual and, of course, for your family. Because as we talk about, like, screen time and the kids playing games and privacy protection and stuff like that, you definitely want to be aware of what it is that your kids are doing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they got their own phones. Because they just will... Sign up for any damn thing. Yeah. When we was kids, though, most you could sign up for was an email. It'd be like, you got 16 emails. Don't create not one more email. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Speaking of 
digital technology and the metaverse, I wanted to talk about Sarah Hood at Sarah Love Style. She is a tech entrepreneur and CEO of a company called Sarah Belay Incorporated, and she's the first woman to own a digital sports team um, inside the metaverse. Um, the, I guess the, what do you call it? Like if NFL is the thing, this mm-hmm. is called Simwin Sports. I was like, Sam, hold on. What is going on? (laughs) Now, she joins several other people who also have teams in in the metaverse like Magic Johnson, Jerry Rice, Tracy McGrady, and LaMelo Ball. Um, And she has a team of two other people that she works with. So shout out to her for becoming the owner of Houston Hyenas. And this is a completely digital sports team. So this is not real people playing the game. And... um, it's also just the what do you call it when it's just a photo image? Like remember everybody last year started buying those images and then they was getting all that money. Um, NFT. Yeah, so this is an NFT. So that's super interesting. Yeah, that's gonna take like investing and investment into actually creating a life inside of the metaverse yeah and you know that's one thing that i really don't like about it because what it does is it starts to program people to be um separated from real life Mm -hmm. like to be less conscious to be less present in what's happening in real life and then we create these false realities because no matter how many shits and money in real life that you spend into that game it's not your real life. You're not living there. Your soul's not going to die in the game. And they really do be having people fucked up in the head with this stuff. Like, I seen one thing where they was, like, um, taking people's consciousness and putting it into the metaverse and all kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And it's just, like, this is extremely dangerous technology. And the least thing that you could do, even if you don't agree with me and Cherry's perspective on it, is to get the information and be educated for yourself. Yeah. Facts on That's facts. the most important thing. If you don't take anything else from us, research. Yeah. Um, black excellence is at an all-time high, so that's why Forest Bias is so long this week. Um, you want to share about Ava DuVernay? Ava DuVernay is the first black woman. She's doing a Ben & Jerry's collab. Mm-hmm. Um, it's light caramel action cookie dough graham crackers and salted caramel. That's a mouthful. <laughs> the name is just light caramel action. Okay. <laughs> the flavor is, um, I think it's like a vanilla ice cream and it has like caramel swirl and then cookie dough chunks in it. So that sounds pretty fucking delicious, but. The first thing is that Ben & Jerry's is a super conscious brand. If you guys just think that they're an ice cream brand, you're really wrong. They give a lot back to different communities, especially ones that are impacted by issues like racism, classism. Ben & Jerry's is that bitch, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the last one they just dropped was with... Um, damn, I feel like shit right now that I can't think of his name. He's the one that was taking a knee. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, why would I not know that name? I literally like adore him. I think um, easy on the adore. <laughs> don't <laughs> say easy on the adore. He literally, I feel like, created so much change when he decided to take that knee, and he lost so much money because of it. And there's 
a few amount of people who would trade in their money and success and even fame um, to make a difference in the world and to start discussing issues that are going to help black people. And on top of being a person that was raised by white people, two white parents, he deserves mm-hmm. a lot of fucking credit. So I'm not saying that For in a that. sense. Yes, I'm okay. saying I adore who he is as a person and the change that he's created in our community. I'm not saying it like in a I want him type of way. I That's not like, what I meant. I just meant like just, I don't know if this is petty, but like just bringing in the whole people's behavior personally versus what they do for the community. It's a little bit petty um, because I know now that you're talking about Brittany Renner, and um i wasn't even thinking about her specifically oh you wasn't that's the only situation i really know of and um i feel like two people in a consensual sexual relationship is not the same thing as what we're talking about chris browns and trey songs and um so a consensual cheating relationship doesn't also speak to who a person might be cheating Mm-hmm. does speak to what a person is. I don't think that it's the same thing to say this person cheats, so I'm not going to celebrate them and their accomplishments versus this person is abuser and I'm not going to celebrate them and their accomplishments. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like literally not the same thing. If he cheats on that woman um, that he's with, it is a lesser impact, I feel like, to our community than him being a flat-out abuser. So that's interesting. You think that's you think I think that cheating can be used as a form of abuse, depending on how it's done in a relationship. And I don't condone cheating. That doesn't align with my personal beliefs. But I don't think that I feel like the main difference here, too, is the amount of work that he's put into our community versus what can you say about those niggas? Nothing there. You're comparing apples to oranges here. And I do think you're being petty. Because I said I adore him. I'm not. Because I'm thinking about the whole person. Mm -hmm. It's not just. We can acknowledge his. The movement that he started basically. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And it was needed. You know. But yeah. (laughs) You said what you said. Okay I feel you girl. It's just. But um, shout out to Ava. (laughs) Hit up their local Ben and Jerry's. You know, um, a lot of companies, especially since BLM came out, have started to do like performative actions, you know, trying to put one or two black people in their campaign Mm. or trying to do something that's going to create some type of thing that's going to give back to the community. But it's very performative so they can get back the black audience, get back the black dollar versus Ben and Jerry's. They've been doing the work in communities for a long time and um shout out to them specifically as a brand so recently the youngest uh, black person to be elected as a mayor which occurred in earl tennessee um goes by the name of jalen smith he attends arkansas state university mid-south campus and um, he graduated high school and he said, I am going to do something to change my community. 
and he ran and he said he felt confident about winning but he was still surprised that he won and what he quoted was i want to be the change i want to be the leader people want to see in my community i fuck with it i fuck with it very heavy because i really appreciate and admire seeing younger kids getting involved and stuff because when i was his age i was not thinking about politics yeah. I was not caring about making a change or creating a difference. I really didn't even see what was going on wrong in the world. So I feel like now that things are just so much out in the open versus like before it was different because mm-hmm. we didn't have like Instagram and TikTok and stuff where people was like just talking about social issues. All we had was the news, which was one point of view that these kids are really starting to see stuff, you know, even Max, like. It was Thanksgiving week, so, you know, they was having all those Thanksgiving assignments and shit at school. Mm-hmm. And Eva had missed a lot of school that week because her asthma was flaring up. So, we was at home doing homework, and we watching this video. And this dude dead ass says in the video, like, he literally tried to glaze over Thanksgiving and make it seem like, first of all, these people just decided to come over here like it was a vacation. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't mention the natives at all. Like, it just was, like, so ridiculous. And so, of course, I'm educating her about it. And Max was like, oh, my God, I hate that. I hate, why do they do that to kids? Why are they trying to teach us these lies? And I'm like, yeah, like, my son is so conscious. Like, my kids are going to be woke as fuck and not, like, in a bad way, in a way yeah. that encourages them to do something to change it. And that's what we want in our younger generation. Because yeah. these are the people that's going to be leading our world later. Like, shout out to him. Go Jalen. Yeah. Now, I saved this one for last because I didn't want to, like, take away from the positivity of everything else that we said. But I feel like the only segment we could go into this was for us bias because to me it's very, it, it maybe it specifically impacts the black community to me because I'm not sure if anybody else cares. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure why we care so much. mm I don't want to get canceled because of what we about to say, but if you guys have been following the Brittany Griner case, we haven't brought it up to the podcast at all because we didn't have really much positive feelings to say about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happened was she was incarcerated in Russia because they have different laws, regulations, like every fucking country that you go visit, just like America, you come here, you have to follow laws. Mm -hmm. And one of their laws is there's no vaping. She decided that she wanted to partake in those activities knowing damn well it was illegal and she was arrested. And now being in custody of Russia, they said, if y'all want Britney, y'all going to have to free one of our people who are dangerous. And guess what they did? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the pressure was on them from the media and from people in society you know what I mean everybody has been talking about it for weeks and for months and honestly a lot of people have had a lot of empathy I gotta be honest with you I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons in my life and still too still to this day like literally this week I was like damn they got me again and the only way people learn from them their mistakes is if they have to see the consequences of it and are not being bailed out rather that's literally bailed out or Mm -hmm. just somebody coming to a person's rescue each time that they make a mistake that they literally don't have good problem solving skills or at the least learn how to adhere to hurt certain standards uh and respect other people's culture Mm -hmm. um 
if you go overseas to play basketball, you should be understanding of the laws in that place that you play in basketball so that something don't happen to you. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. So I don't have that much empathy for her because it's just like, did you feel like you was the exception to the rule being a WNBA star? Like, did you feel like you wasn't going to get the same um, penalty as being an American? I feel like I'm not even sure if she was actually using the vape. I think it was just like maybe found in her luggage or something. Why was like, she having it in her luggage if she wasn't planning on using it, though? They was like, let me stop you right there, bitch. Don't even bring that shit up in here. I mean, yes, you have a point. It just, it. I think that that fact matters as far as, like, I guess people's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Like, does she really deserve to be in jail just for having it on her? Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. If you are <laughs> black and in America and you got an ounce of weed on you and you get pulled over to police... And it's not legal in your state or it's over the amount of what is legal for a person to carry. Mm-hmm. And your car doesn't smell like weed. They can't prove that you've been smoking it. They're going to still arrest you and charge you for possession. Mm-hmm. Possession is nine tenths of the law. That's literally what they say. So we have to think about in other countries where even though our system is so fucked up specifically towards black and brown people, mm-hmm. what do you think that they're doing over there in Russia? Really? <laughs> what did you think the outcome was going to be of this? You thought they was going to be like, oh, she coming over here to play basketball. She going to get a pass. I think that sometimes people get to a certain level of success and they think that they are past criticism, past being held accountable, past consequences. And this was just a real fucked up lesson that she had to learn to be in jail over there. So um, I'm sharing this with y'all because some people will be happy about this and this is news for our black community but also for us to kind of just think over you know what i'm saying that mm-hmm. we can't operate not only in the united states but in the world the same way as other ethnicities and other races you got to be on yeah. point my nigga because don't let her have kids and stuff like that like she's been gone for months i can't imagine yeah and I'm indecisive on whether or not I should say this. Say it, baby. But to trade for an arms dealer? Like, girl, you can sit down for two or three years. You said what I was thinking. Honestly, that's what I said when I first heard about her being arrested. And I was like, trading her for a war criminal? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. I feel like... It's going to give other countries fuel to kidnap Americans now because we know you value everybody mm-hmm. and we want this from America. So all we got to do is just take one of y'all. Yeah. And the truth is that if it wasn't such a high profile athlete, then she would have never got out of jail from over there. You know right. what I'm saying? And I don't, I'm not saying that one life is more valuable over the next, but they wasn't about the killer or anything. I don't think that that was a smart trade for the U.S. What do you think this dude, you think he he was in jail and now he's a reformed dealer? You really think that? No, they wanted him back for a reason. He's valuable to them. And not only that, we don't want to even get into a whole politics of where Russia is right now with what they got going on over there. Like, really, y'all? This was just, to me, a mess, but... 
Um, Real she's released. Things going on. She's home from prison, and I guess they swapped her out with the other guy. Shout out to that guy, I guess. <laughs> Not, don't shout <laughs> him out. He might be trying to blow something up next week. That's crazy. So yeah, that's a damn shame. But with that, we can move into our next segment, which I am super, super, super excited to talk about. I made a TikTok about it already. And I'm aggravated because they removed the sound of my video. TikTok, I'm watching I'm with my eyes open. They hating. TikTok always hating on me, though. It's like, is they hating on me because I believe it? I honestly confidently posted that video and thought I was about to get so much like responses from it and the fact is that before they could even push out my video further than my own followers they took my sound down whoever is personally watching my tiktok account i'm gonna get your ass (laughs) i need i'm gonna find out i'm gonna find you i need to get me a tiktok connect like hey can you find out who's watching my account because they always be flagging my shit it's to the point now that's why i don't post on that that's crazy it's like very discouraging but um, what we talking about is <laughs> Wednesday, um, which is now streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to this show. Stranger Things was originally the number one show on Netflix. And only one week of being out, um, Wednesday has replaced that as the most watched Netflix series. So shout out to the entire cast, the writers, the producers. Like, you guys did that. I'm yeah. obsessed. It's a really good show. I didn't think you was going to be into it. Because you think I'm a little bitch? Damn. Uh. (laughs) You just don't like scary stuff, and we didn't know what to really expect going into it. Not that the Adams Family is scary, but you know, when they be reinventing shit, it be something else. Like, when they reinvented Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that took a whole dark toll in comparison to the old Sabrina, who was just a teenage girl living her life in the 2000s. You know what I'm saying? I don't like when they do that. Like, why can't this still be an enjoyable show for the family? Yeah. I definitely wouldn't say this is an enjoyable show for the family just because it has, like, I feel like, sexual context just the it's certain so, discussions being yeah. had i just i wouldn't let my kids watch it at the age that they are yeah it's a little um here goes that word again graphic oh yeah yeah you right yeah because about 10 hours later i saw the blood from her head or something wait what did i say when i was watching it <laughs> anyways these love is blood quote <laughs> Did you Uh, write that? I did not write that. No, I've never been in that specific experience. I wouldn't been able to speak to it because I'm going to be honest with you. I am a good friend and I'm even the friend that might give you too much advice. You know what I'm saying? At least Mm -hmm. I was in the past. But one thing I'm not going to do is stand by and watch one of my friends just be treated bad, disrespected, and abused. So I'm going to say something a few times, but I'm not going to allow you to keep coming back to me and energetically, you know, draining me because you refuse to leave an unhealthy situation. Now, I know it's not always as simple as just leaving. Please don't think that I'm saying this as a just like people could just leave and get out of a situation. I was in an abusive relationship before and I... I'm still coming to terms now with the fact that I was in an abusive relationship. I didn't even know it. 
I ain't even know it. Yeah. Got you good, baby. That's the best abuse is when you don't know that it's happening. You just la 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 la. <laughs> they, they, Why is life like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of a sudden I'm starting to hate myself. What's that about? <laughs> um, I really wanted to talk about Netflix. This show really doesn't have much to do with parenting, but I do want to bring up one thing a little bit. I feel like that will kind of like you know, like draw into this episode, which is her relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool because I don't want to give too many spoilers, but basically she was having feelings about her mom. Like it was some type of competition between them or how she going to live up to the expectation of being her mom, mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people deal with not only in relationships with their parents, but even their siblings, you know what I'm saying? And then it got to the point where her mom was like, Girl, what is you talking about? Like, I'm just here for you. I'm just trying to understand you and appreciate you. And it was just like, giving uh, Cardi B, I'm no more competition. I'm competing with myself. Like, girl, you're making this shit up in your hand. Yeah. I feel like it's easy to do when you're, she was literally just surrounded by her mother's accomplishments. So mm-hmm. it was like, how can I be this? But that's the thing is that her mother was trying to get her to understand. It's like, nobody's asking you to be any of those things. Like, just do you, boo. Yeah. Like, she was totally missing the point of her being where she was at or what the blessing could be in that because she was so busy centering the attention around her mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which that might be another layers of issues in a relationship that we don't know about. You know, it's not really like in the storyline it's just only context of what we can assume yeah yeah but i specifically want to talk about this show because oh my god we was probably like two two episodes in and i was like did you catch that (laughs) did you catch these hidden messages i love keep doing this on every show not every show but a lot of them yeah like any of them that might be just a little bit occult or like that's your shit man they do be having, like, all the gems in them, though. Yeah. Like, message. Literally. It was like, I started to notice the characters, although they, what they was, what they were saying to me didn't totally match the context of what was happening in that specific situation. And then, so when you really start to pay attention to the dynamics between the characters and Wednesday and the other people in the storyline, it's like, Oh my God, they're literally talking about racism. Yeah. And even it became more obvious, I feel like, with her roommate, even though she wasn't actually gay, she was Mm -hmm. giving gay vibes from the very first episode with all the colors everywhere, rainbow, everything. And then she would say stuff like, you know, at this point I've accepted myself for who I am and hopefully one day they'll be able to accept and love me too. And it's just like, girl, <laughs> they're literally talking about being gay. Yeah. <laughs> it was dope the way they did it though. Like, so you don't, I guess it's, so it still feels like a safe place for the straights. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So I don't feel like you're putting this in my face. Or the being, lesson is still here. Yeah. Or even if it, people sometimes when they see this stuff and they don't necessarily agree with it, they almost feel like their beliefs are being attacked. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was so good, like a subliminal way to get these messages out. And like everybody's not going to catch it. You know what I'm saying? That's why yeah. I wanted to make a TikTok post about it because some people might be watching it and literally just seeing it for what it is on the surface mm-hmm. when beneath the surface they're tackling racism biracial relationships which i was like what the fuck um even narcissistic abuse because baby one thing about wednesday that bitch is a narc (laughs) she is a total narc and that's probably why she was trying creating this relationship of competition between her and her mom like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like girl you need help for real um and also um did I say interracial relationships? Mm-hmm. I did say that, huh? Um, Wanting to separate yourself from your own community. Um, they were kind of on the nose with that one, with um, the black character. Yeah. But it was interesting. It reminded me of um, Dear White People, the show. Um, there's a character on there who is from the hood she got a ghetto name but like she puts on this personality like the bougie girl that's not who she is and she's not like other black people like she totally was trying to separate herself from everything that she knew because for me personally my perspective i'm not saying this is every case but i feel like a lot of times it's rooted in self-hate Mm-hmm. Because when you have that self-hate or that l- you don't see the value in our community and being black, you want to separate yourself from that for whatever reason because you see white people as more valuable, which is easy to do because our society is created to make white people the most conventional, the standard of beauty, their practices, the most common practices. is like not always a safe space to be ourselves, And a lot of times people feel like they have to code switch so that they can you know, get into that. Or even if they're not co-switching, they just completely change into this version of themselves that they feel like is going to be socially acceptable. So they start to do things like date outside their race, which there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's for the reasons of genuinely being in love with somebody. And a lot of times that's not it. It's what is the social currency that comes from being with a a white person? Yeah. Um, You know, and that that's sad to see. We hate to see it. It's really common. And I feel like in black men, it's really common in um, biracial kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all we can do is continue to educate people and hope that they catch on or have some self-reflection. But yeah, shout out to Wednesday. We got one episode left. I'm low key like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to finish this show. <laughs> I like to watch my show slow a little bit. Like sometimes I like to binge, but if it's like three seasons, then I can binge and not and feel like it's never gonna end. But like, yeah, it wasn't enough episodes for us to be watching them all in one night. We pretty much finished them all in one night. Yeah, I feel like they put a lot in each episode, though. Yeah, they were so definitely good. It made it more fulfilling. Check out that show if you haven't already. Like, it's definitely not as occulty as I thought it would be, and not culty, occult. Like, which means, like, all things like witchcraft, things that is um, maybe, 
not conventional religion, you know mm. what I'm saying? Ghost type shit. Like, that's the occult. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to Wednesday. And shout out to, I think her name's Jenny Ortega. I'm not sure what her name is. Well, we can jump right into the breaks. Um, You want to start with the music of the week? What are you listening to this week? What's really got you going? What's got me going? Got me gyrating my hips. If that's what you do to music, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just do the head now, you know. I do it all. I body roll. You start with the head and then you move to the body? I start Legs with the chest. Legs and hips <laughs> and body. Shout out to Gabby. Shout out. Um... What have I listened to this week? I started listening to Kamaya's um, new project. What's I, it called? Mm, Keep It Lit. Yeah. Um, I think it's only like seven tracks. I didn't make it through the whole thing. Listeners, guys, friendships. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, Roman countrymen, lend me your ear. Yeah. Unless a lot of times when I'm listening to music, it's like while I'm doing something like on my way home or in the shower. So that's why I don't be making it through these projects like that because I get to my destination. And you're done. Yeah. And like if it really gets me going, I'll make my way back to it. But. Yeah, it'd be hard trying to listen to music while I'm, like, walking around at work. Mm -hmm. Like, it's easier for me to just listen to somebody talking in my ear versus trying to catch the beat, you know? My sister's, like, she always say before she knows she really like a song or an album, she got to play it in her car. You know, she got to have a bass at a certain level. Got to have a treble hitting. And then if it hits in the car, if if it could slap in the car, then she knows she could vibe with it any other time. I fuck with that. The I just gotta be in a mood, certain mood each time. You know what I mean? I feel that. It's like you mostly know what you gonna get from certain artists. It's like you're rarely surprised when somebody drops an album. So it's like I know what kind of vibe they're gonna be giving. Am I in the mood for that? Yes or no? If I know I'm not, then I'm not gonna give it a listen. It might be months before I listen to an album, you know, that everybody be talking about. Yeah. Like that Beyonce album. I still haven't listened to it. I give it three years. Damn, three. Um, Hopefully she come out with another project by then. And it's giving more Dangerously in Love and not this. I just want Beyonce to drop some like cookout fun music that you can really just chill out with. With your homegirls. Like I want to bring back the Freakum Dress Beyonce. I want to be inspired to hit the club when I hear a Beyonce song. I do not want to hear about you getting back with your husband that's still probably cheating on you. I don't want to hear about it. Tell me what I feel like falling in love. Again? I mean... Probably not the best decision, B, but you got the money. You don't want with all the money, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Freakum Dress B, I'm down with that. But when you say cookout... I mean, my cookout ain't your cookout. I grew up listening to sex... Playlist. So <laughs> oh. before there was sex playlists, <laughs> it was sex tapes. 
but not the kind that you watch, the kind you listen to. You know what I'm saying? This is when we had tapes. This before the eight track, mm-hmm. but before the CD. After the eight track. I mean, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. in my head. I said <laughs> after, but out of my mouth, I said yeah, before. I was about to say, how old are you? Not that old, but I do know <laughs> some people that had an eight track when I was a kid. So. I don't think I knew anybody that had one. Y'all had money. <laughs> no, they had. My grandmother always had a record player. Mm-hmm. Even when she like finally bought a radio, it was one of the ones that had the record player on top. Yeah, my grandma had one of those too. I always wanted her to give it to me, but she didn't give it to me. It's probably for the best now. Who got that? I would have known. You looking at me like I got the answer. <laughs> I know who probably got it. So, have you listened to anything else besides Kamaya? Or, I mean, I I wanted to hear, like, what are you vibing out to? Like, what's your jam right now? Vibing out to? What's your jam? It's still her loss. Oh, okay. Keep it's... jamming. <laughs> <laughs> it appears to be getting better with time. You do be listening to that every time I'm in your car, like. Can you pass the aux or no? Not every time. Mm. I've been putting on other stuff. I'm going to say three out of four times I'm riding in the car with you, you're playing her loss. Three out of four is pretty close to every time. That's not true. <laughs> I, be try, I try not to play it around you. I don't want to, you know. You try you not to play up. it around me? I don't want to get you riled up. You don't get me riled up because I told you I know how to mind my business. I just zone out. It's basically like that same energy when my kids been arguing all day and then I can't hear them no more. I don't want you to zone out with me, though. I want you to be present. Okay. Well, you're right. Don't play it. <laughs> so, um, this week, I cannot stop playing. Well, I made a new playlist on Apple Music. You should follow yeah. me and Cherry on Apple Music because we make hella playlists. Yeah. I don't have all my playlists public because it's like, mind your business. <laughs> but I do have some of them public. I'm going to make this one public. It's called, uh, what is it called? I still haven't made the cover art for it. Cherry have cover art for like all her playlists. She's a real, I didn't even know you could do that before I met Cherry. I was like, how'd you get that <laughs> on there? It looked like a CD. It's a vibe, baby. You got to set the tone from the start. As soon yeah. as they see it. I have some really good playlists. I have a playlist for every chakra. So that is really nice if you're trying to get into a certain vibe. And it's not like binaural beats. It's like regular songs. But these songs are going to be good for specific chakras. Yeah. Um, I can't think of what's the playlist. Oh, it's called Toxicology. Toxicology. Yeah. I was inspired after our last episode to just make a toxic R&B playlist. And the very first song is All, All Mine by Brent Fias. And that's the song that, that's my, my music of the week because I've been playing that playlist out, but I always just started at the first song either way. So I just keep listening to that song. Oh my, oh my, yeah. It is a hit. It is. Even though he be talking that toxic shit, it's, it sounds good to me. Oh. You want me to talk toxic to you? I don't. I love what, what we have in our relationship. <laughs> that's a fantasy. <laughs> That I don't do not want to have in my life. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. Yeah. But in other music news, um, Mama's Gun, which is one of Erica Badu's earliest albums, is now available in spatial audio. If you guys don't know what spatial is, it's like this new thing Apple Music is doing where it's terrible. The, it's not terrible. You have to have the right music uh, technology for it to work out for you. 
Remember we had the conversation about when you listen to it in headphones, it kind of bangs for certain albums. That's why it's terrible. I don't like how they're catering sound for headphones specifically. They're, because it sounds terrible everywhere else. This is what I think. You know, I'm always one of those people that's going to come with you, come with a conspiracy. And I feel like a lot of the corporations and stuff, they be on the same page working together where nowadays they... Not just Apple Music, but a lot of corporations try and cultivate experiences that are solo Mm -hmm. instead of experiences that are in a group atmosphere because they're trying to divide us. I mean, they've been doing that for years, but there's power in community. Yeah. So if somebody feel like more prone to do things with themselves, even if it's just listening to music where years ago, I mean, I remember me and my best friend, we used to new music would come out and we'd be like, oh, we got to learn the lyrics to this. And we would get on Google. This was, well, it wasn't Google yet, but it was when the first internet, we had to dial up and everything, but we would Google the lyrics basically. And, um, we would learn the lyrics together and be doing the verses. It's like, they kids don't have that these days. You know what I'm saying? They, they have their own thing going on or even just a sense of like parties and stuff like that. It's like, very specific music is going to be played. So I think that's what it's really about because for the most part, people ain't sharing headphones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, that's why they're trying to curate that like experience for one. Basically, spatial audio, I feel like the instruments is just kind of like turned up or enhanced. So it sounds like you're at a concert maybe in a way, but I will agree with Cherry. I play my music out loud on my phone. I even talk on speakerphone, so... If it sounds like trash, like it sounds junky, it sounds like you know when you get water damage in your phone and then your speaker <laughs> not working right no more, and you like, damn, I can't really hear it. Yeah. Honestly, the first time I, cause some albums you'll be like on a shuffle. Like I have this, like Apple will curate a playlist with your name, like mine say Shay's playlist, and it's like based off of the music that you've been listening to lately. Mm-hmm. It's basically like an algorithm for your music. Yeah. And so I'll just hit that and then it'll play my songs, play my songs. And then sometimes the spatial songs will come on, you know, and I I don't realize it's spatial. But I'm like, is this something wrong with my phone? Like the first time I heard a spatial song, I was like, what the fuck? Did I have damage my phone? I'm like, I thought something was wrong with it. <laughs> and yeah. But you know what it sounds like? What? It sounds like somebody has... The old files from an old mixtape, and they didn't adjust anything, and they just uploaded it, so the volume is low. Yeah. And you got to turn it up extra loud. That's what it sounds like. It just sounds muffled to me, and I don't like that. But for people who are into that solo experience, or people who just listen to their music in their headphones, because a lot of people are those type of people. They might have beats or... You know, like the earbuds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Mama's Gun is a classic album. I mean, it's Erica Badu. How could you not? So, I feel like it was worth sharing. Yeah. Where do you listen to your music when you streaming music? Do you stream? Are you ever a CD girl still? Like, um, every now and then I pull my CD book out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the car because I mean we don't have a CD player. Yeah. <laughs> um. It still gets the job done because... You can play CDs on the PlayStation, can't you? Yeah, but I'm not doing that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to sound weird or come to the TV speakers. Uh, I'm not into that. But yeah, 
I pull my CD book out every now and then, pull out an old mix, you mm. know, rock out. Like when we used to be on LimeWire downloading songs for a, say, a, a CD? I used, I got, I feel like most of my mix CDs I got from Shayla's friends when she was in college. Mm-hmm. She would get a new one and then she would give it to me and I would make a copy. Yeah, I used to burn hella CDs. That yeah. was a time, man. That was a time. It was a moment. Like, being able to burn CDs was like, oh, you can make CDs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you an Apple Music girl or Spotify? Apple. Yeah. Honestly, well, first of all, I'm paying for Apple Music, and to me, the program is made for my phone. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use Apple Music. And also, Apple Music was ahead of its time, I feel like, for the streaming platforms as far as they go. Mm-hmm. Because Spotify used to be like a radio platform where like you yeah. could listen to all the different radio stations and now it's like an entire music platform now they have the podcast and everything but um i'm not paying for apple music and spotify and to be honest i'm not playing for apple music i'm on my sister's playlist so girl but i ain't about to add another bill on my, my name oh dang yeah mm-hmm. I'm a this is what we do um is we'll rotate and my sister, she got she got a better lifestyle than me, so she been covering for me for the last year. <laughs> but usually we'll do it like a whole year, and then after another year, then I'll pay for whatever thing. Like mm-hmm. we'll have a joint account. So, oh, it's nice. You could do like a family plan, and you can add up to four people on your Apple Music, and it's only like a few more dollars than if you was paying for just one person. So it's just kind of like they be yeah. getting over on niggas. Um. They, yeah, and I I'm, think they just raised the price, right? Mm-hmm. You might as well get your family on there. Look, I know I'm gonna need this, so ain't no point in me. Right. I honestly feel like I would not be able to survive without Apple Music because I'm just like a music girl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's something that really does something for me. So, and I also, um, I'm a big music video girl, so I spend a lot of time listening to music on YouTube, watching videos and stuff. So that's the thing too. Um, I used to like put the um, the videos up on my TV screen, and then when I'm cleaning or something, I could watch music videos and be like mopping or whatever. Da, 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 da. Something I always do too is like you could put like the binaural beats or like whatever to cleanse your space, kind of like say if it's like a they be having like the money binaural beats, like this helps you manifest money type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you're not at home, you can just have it playing on your TV. It's like a cool idea to just set the tone for your atmosphere. Set the atmosphere. You guys will have to respond to our um, like question on Spotify if you're streaming this on Spotify, uh, and let us know where are where do you stream your music, and are you a CD person? I love to collect records. Um, I love the sound of the record and that really gets me off. Yeah. So that yeah. little slight, like staticky mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. I love that. It's just so nostalgic. So I yeah. love that. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Fora is, but he is, I want to say he's kind of R and B, but he does rap. He's under rap in Apple music. He gives an R&B vibe, though, but he has a bunch of music. He just dropped another album. It's called 
Butterfly Effect. I really like the album. We listened to it with Cherry. Uh, how do you? How did you feel about it? Um. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. Mm-hmm. It is just not uplifting for me personally. So I probably won't be back. Mm. It was making me sad. <laughs> and I don't like that. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, you know, like we talked about in the past, the low vibrational music, and mm-hmm. it's just about you personally. If something makes you feel like you're on a lower vibration, for me, I'm not going to say it necessarily puts me on a lower vibration or a higher vibration, but I lean into music like that because I'm just not a very emotionally expressive person. I tend to suppress my emotion, trauma. So <laughs> listening to those type of musics where to somebody else it might seem sad or depressive, like why they always talking about that, what they trauma or what they went through. But for me, it's like, it feels like I'm expressing myself where I normally wouldn't, or at least it creates this space for me to be in touch with those emotions that I'm usually avoiding. Mm-hmm. So I, I fuck with four and he has other albums that are not all like this. There are songs on the album that are not like that. And he, he be having little love songs too. Like, one of me and Cherry favorite songs, like, if we get married, we probably gonna have this song on our wedding, like. I'm just saying, if. We gotta talk off <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, in the future. You mm-hmm. know? Okay, so. That's right. It, I really wasn't taking it there. I'm sorry if that's how you felt by me saying if. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't even, like. You know, that's not what I meant. Um, SZA dropped this week, which was uh, her newest album, SOS. It's been years since she dropped the project and everybody was on her neck. When's the album? Where's the album coming out? When's the album coming out? Like she Rihanna or something. Girl, chill. But I feel like this was a much needed break for SZA to develop her talent, to get some voice coaching, Mm-hmm. I hope that she also got some stage presence lessons. Um, <laughs> we hope you I'm improved not, all around. All around. I <laughs> Control was that bitch. It had me on lock. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that she um, is a bad artist by any means. I love Scissor's music, but there's what we talk about the artistry and like what we were saying, there's a difference between a singer and an artist. Mm-hmm. And when you're an infant in your artistry, there's always space to grow. We got to yeah. think about like Beyonce and her career when she started out with Destiny's Child. She sounds nothing like she does now. Their dance routines was not complex like what she be doing now. She, her skills developed over mm-hmm. time and that's how she became Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, sh- I'm not, um, you know, shading her. I'm just saying I think that time was necessary and yeah. I think it was worth it. The album is Chef's Kiss. I'm about to be listening to it every day. I fuck with it. What do you think about the album? Um, again, I didn't make it through the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it through the whole thing because I looked and I wasn't even halfway through. This album's way too long. Damn, you don't like a long... You like those little EPs. That's why. I need an album that I can really flow groove with through the whole day. Like, let me get in the scissor vibe. Let me get in the mood. I feel like 10, 12 I can deal with. But once you go over that, why is this album so long? What do you think I'm doing all day? Like, 
Why do you, what do you need? You can listen to me music and be doing anything else. It's just, you could go on a road know. trip. I mean, and then different songs be having different vibes. So when you make a playlist, it's like, I got 18 songs to choose it's from. It's not that different when it's the same artist and it's one album. After mm. a while, the song starts sounding the same. Like, SZA is not a complex. She doesn't have a complex sound. It's like, after a while, it's just a bunch of... And it's like, okay. Dang, that's crazy. Like, it sounds like I'm shitting on the album. The album sounds really good. You know what really excited me about the album is because I seen Jay Versace post. And um, I don't know if y'all know who Jay is, but he was an Instagram personality and super funny years ago when he came out on Instagram and he would do those videos and he'll be like bobbing out to old ass songs in his grandma's mm-hmm. wig. And he was literally a kid and he got like overnight famous so fast and he was getting all these deals and stuff. And it was like so exciting for me personally because I thought he really deserved that. Yeah. And um, he got into music production. So he's been producing like the last couple of years for a bunch of artists that we know. And he produced two songs on Scissor's album. I think one of them being S.O.S. And the other one, something else that I can't remember the name to. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, because I just love to see people diversifying their platform. It's like, I'm not just the funny guy. I'm not just the, you know, like I got levels to me. Yeah. I, I love Jay Versace. Okay, I forgot so. he started producing. Yeah. And then when I listened to the music, I was like, this sounds like it was produced by him because the sample was a little churchy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm fucking with this. And yes. Yeah. I rock with it. Um, Another album that dropped this week is Mount Westmore. <laughs> and this album is a collaboration between Snoop Dogg, E-40, Too Short, and Ice Cube. So the name is fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped like four singles, which they probably played in the radio in like Cali and Arizona and shit. But mm-hmm. we live on the Midwest slash East Coast. So there's a different vibe of music over here. Yeah. And that's just how it is. When you live in different parts of the country, like in Texas, I'm sure they be playing hella country shit on the radio. Like, or yeah. there's a Southern town, you know what I mean? So we don't really get those type of vibes over here. Especially not where we live at. <laughs> yeah. But um, me, I'm a Cali girl at heart. Like, something about me, I don't know if it's just past life stuff, but I remember when the first time I moved to California or visited there, I was like, I'm home. I just felt like that energy. If you know me personally, then you know me. I'm like, I mean, I'm multifaceted, but I really have that energy like that, like, emo skater girl like just cool chill vibe out stoner type of vibe which is very cali so mm-hmm. i was into it i was listening to the album and i was really here for it and y'all know last week i talked about how much i love snoop dogg <laughs> but all of these people are really um cool in their own right i mean e40 they have specific sounds you know what i'm saying you know what you're gonna get when you get out of it too short bitch like, <laughs> and ice cube all around i mean he he's a legend in the music industry, so he is. Yeah, I do just want to say, hmm. Ice Cube has never really his lyrics have never really been great to me. 
And one day we need to talk about it. Dang. Maybe not today, but one day we all need to just be real with ourselves. You don't think part of that is the Cali music, though? None of them really have complex lyrics, if we being honest. Yeah, I agree. It's just something about the way that he... I think his enunciation mixed with the words is like, what are you talking about? Mm. Like, this doesn't sound good. It sounds like what you were saying about Sweetie. And that's why I kind of contributed to that being the West Coast thing. It's like, on the East Coast, the energy's faster. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, impacts everything just like when we think about a new york minute you know what i'm saying and on the west coast everything is slowed down everything is more of a chill vibe everything is more of a like simplified thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah like if you listen to like a new york artist it's like they probably either rapping fast on some chicago shit or they like using long words and you might not know what the meaning of or like how New York, I mean New York, how Nicki Minaj be like, you know, her bars be like a play on other things. Like mm-hmm. that's not the West Coast vibe at all. It's very like dumped down and not to say it's stupid music or anything, but it's just like they just trying to catch a vibe. They're not trying to be complex. I feel that, you know, I fuck with it. I I fuck with West Coast music is like just sound wise. Mm-hmm. It's like another version of Southern, like it's like Texas music, but a little faster. Mm-hmm. I fuck with the West Coast music that sounds like Texas music. That's why I fuck with Kamaya. Because it has she has that I'm just riding in my Cadillac vibe and sound. Mm, okay. But it's still West Coast because of the music. I'm trying to think like one of my favorite West Coast artists is um what's his name that was going with Kaylani? You know I don't know these niggas. You do know him because this was like one of the first albums we listened to when we first started talking. Yikes. Uh, Why can't I think of his name right now? I can't even think of a song. Like, this is insane right now. Wait. He's the blood. YG? Yeah, YG. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were talking about... uh, I thought you were talking about somebody else. Oh, no. I'm talking about YG. Yeah. I fuck with YG. Like, YG, I feel like he has that, to me, that Kelly sound. Yeah. I I like YG's music. That's my nigga. I love YG. It's like, that's the gangster rap I like. I'm going to be honest. I like that gangster rap that you can get fucked to. <laughs> Say less. Um, next on the... the <laughs> okay, so this is not necessarily um, any music that came out or anything, but it is music industry related too, so that's why we're bringing it to the breaks. But... You know, um, art 
what is it called? Art um, Basel? Yeah, Art Basel was this past week. And Cardi B booked a 35-minute performance for, I guess, a bunch of um, investors or tech company people. I don't know. They paid her $1 million for a 35-minute performance. And if you've seen these clips going around the internet, girl, they did not get their money's worth. But that is, she still got the money, so it don't matter. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say stuff about Cardi B, and part of it is that she don't want her music, or that she was just a stripper that turned into a rapper. She just got lucky, all this stuff. But she believes she's the best, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is put that energy into yourself, and when you believe that you're the best, or you're going to make it happen for yourself, or whatever dreams that you have, they're going to come true. And knowing your worth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They probably asked her what's the price, and she said a million dollars, and thinking that they was gonna negotiate it, and they was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I feel like this was really important to bring to the conversation that know your worth, and then ask some motherfucking tax. Like my prices is high as fuck. Sometimes my own friends will hit me up and be like, "Can you do a reading for me?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna send you my website, but if you can't afford me, it's cool. I'm not like gonna be offended by that." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, these is my prices because I know what it is that I have to offer. Like, I'm not about to lower my prices for nobody. If anything, anytime I feel like a little bit lower my self-esteem, I'm going to raise them bitches because I deserve it. Like, I know what it is that I have to offer. So, yeah. Somebody yeah. might need to hear that. Raise your price. I don't know what you're selling, but, girl, make it more expensive. Raise your price and raise your clientele. Oh, because when you raise your price, you are no longer catering to the startup people that mm-hmm. don't have the money. Yeah. I tell all my friends that, like, this was a conversation that me and Ro, I really want to have her on the, on the episode. I hope that. Um, one, two, three, four. Oh, it's one, two, three, four. We in alignment, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. She does the same thing as me. We both readers, but we read in different ways. We, you know, we channel energies differently and stuff like that. But um, her prices was hella low when I met her. Like the first time I met her, I was getting a reading from her and Mm -hmm. Bianca had put me on to her. And when we started being cool, I was like, why is your prices so low? Like, I ain't trying to be funny. Like, it's cool for me as a customer, but like, you kind of worth more than this. And she heard me, but she ain't hear me enough to change her prices. And then one day her daughter told her, like, you should raise your prices, mom. And it was funny because the same day her daughter said that I had brought it up to her again. And she was like, that's so funny because my daughter just told me, like, I need to raise my prices. And I was like, bitch, raise them. And then ever since she raised them, at first it was probably like a period of a couple of weeks where she felt like her, she wasn't booking as many people. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that when your prices is lower, you're going to attract those people that's wasting your time and your energy. I'm going to be honest with you. When you at a certain price point, people feel like they can play with you. Mm-hmm. Now, when they feel like the your price is, a, is an investment, then they come with a different amount of seriousness. And when you working in spiritual guidance like we do, there's people who waste your time in the sense that you about to tell them all the stuff that they should try and do to improve their life or whatever situation that got them fucked up in the head that they come into you in the first place for guidance Mm -hmm. and they won't do it. It was a $35 reading. I mean, I can get another one. And then they keep booking $35 readings with you. And you think, Oh, I got a repeat customer. No, you got somebody that's wasting your time. 
And yeah. here you are every week repeating the same message to them and they still haven't took your advice in the first place. Now you raise your prices and you like, oh, my readings is 150. That's an investment to me. 150, I'm, for some people, 150 ain't a lot of money and they just spending it on a, a whammy. But I don't care how much money I got. 150 is going to be like, what am I spending my money on? That's a grocery bill, like, yeah. to me. So you're going to attract a whole different amount of people, kind of people who that's like, okay, I'm dropping this 150, but I'm invested in myself to do the, the work. Mm-hmm. And those are the clients that I want to have because they're working towards something. They're not going to book with me every week, wasting my time, draining my energy. They may book like once a year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then in that next year that I talk to them, they're going to be like, oh my God, your reading was so accurate and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And that's like more fulfilling to me personally and it doesn't drain my energy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So whoever needs to hear that, raise your goddamn price. I seen this TikTok the other day and I needed to hear this and I was so glad that I seen it. Because not that I'm like into graphic design or like say if we want to start booking speaking engagements and stuff like that. And uh, the guy said, when somebody come to you and they say, what's your price? Do not give them a price. Say, I'm willing to work with your budget, within your budget. Because your price might be below the budget. Mm-hmm. And they could have paid you a whole 4K and you said, oh, I only want 350 You know what I'm saying? Um so you got to do that. You got to set your set your price for certain things. But then when it's something that's like more flexible, when they actually wish your budget, be like, I'm willing to work within your budget mm-hmm. as long as I know that we're the best fit for the job. So let's do a consultation. Let's see what your needs is and how I can meet them. And then what's your budget? And I can tell you what I can offer you within that budget. You know, you might not get the full access, mm-hmm. but I can work with you. And I think that's like a nice way too. You can even offer stuff on a sliding scale. Like you might not get the full benefits of this package, but since you can pay me a portion of the money, I can give you a portion of my services. Yeah. That makes me think about when people would suggest that I put my prices on my website for my photography. Mm -hmm. And I knew why I wasn't putting it up there basically for that reason. Yeah. But it was like, Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, sometimes I always look back and I think about working on a movie set. Like, when I worked for Let's Eat and it was like, them niggas could have been paying me a little bit more money. Because they was throwing too much cash around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say that whenever I was in the environment, I was completely taken care of. Like, they would buy me food, drinks, whatever. Make sure I was good. Make sure I was comfortable. But, like, I could have been asking for a little bit more money. Yeah. They was just throwing cash wasting it. I mean, <laughs> them niggas in Atlanta right now, I just see some picture they was at, <laughs> in a section with the bottle girls. It's like, damn, uh, I should have asked for some more money. I should have been getting 500 every time I was on set. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you can, you lose money and you ain't going to get it back the same way that you got it the first time. So, you might as well just go ahead. You might as well ask. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that might be our cue to go. Do you have anything else that you want to add to this week's episode or even the break? Um, I discovered this um, R&B singer through another podcast. I won't shout that out. 
Um, they ain't shouting us out. Yeah, and you know, possibly. you listen to Queen Nigel. Oh, I was giving it a listen since I saw it. Is this new or is just the um extended version? I guess extended. Yeah, because it's still. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never even heard this before, so this is like my first time listening. Mm, I actually fuck with Queen Nigel, but I can't really um fuck with her on the out loud type of thing because she. I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I give people the space to grow, but you got to show me that you grow. And back in the day, she was a little bit of a colorist. And I'm black, girl. I'm not half of anything. I'm going to need you to tone all that energy down, baby girl. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't be shouting her out too much. Based on these features, I feel like I'm going to like it. She got uh, Keanu Lede. Okay, but... um. Sure. Is that how you pronounce that, Lede? I believe so. I'm just saying Letty. <laughs> <laughs> I only say Lede because of the accent over the second E. Um, okay. I do like her, though. Kiki, that is one of my favorite albums. Like, period. She's great. Did I add it to this playlist? I added it to something. Mm. Um. Anyways, I believe her name is Shaylin B., um, let me see if I can. I don't know. Yikes! I'll come back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be back. Maybe I'll make it um like a reel just for the music of the week next week, and then we can share it that way. So yeah. check out our Instagram. Follow us. Give us a comment or two on under one of the sh- uh, clips. From this week's episode, because we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, but without further ado, I've, I've got, got time. time.